This is a Grand Slamming Padres podcast featuring Dom DeRosa to talk about your San Diego Padres. What's good, Padres Nation? It's been a long time since I've said that, and I want to apologize. It's been probably a little bit over two weeks now. Here's the whole entire deal. I got my Tatis jersey on. I finally got that after ordering it in like late June. So give or take three, four months. And I finally got it. I'm repping it. Got the headband too. Both a Slam Diego San Diego one. Uh, So it's pretty cool. Finally got that one from the mail. Um, So finally, it's about time. But also, I want to keep you guys updated on my job status as I currently now uh, have been employed by FanDuel. Um, really is great coming out of college as a young adult, uh, but it's been a lot of training and stuff like that. So it's been tough getting things together and just being able to uh, get all the information for you guys uh, and just get episodes going because I do other podcasts as well with some guys uh, that that are baseball related for the most part. But for this one, I, I'm so glad I could say this again. Uh, now, I'm not glad of how the season uh, finished off for the Padres, of course, but this is going to be the whole spiel. We all know what happened against the Dodgers and Giants to close out the San Diego Padres. It's a 21 season, um, miserable, all-around pathetic, embarrassing, you name it. This is going to be more of an episode on the Padres' overall season, what went right, what went wrong for the most part, um, what they could do now that Jace Tingler is gone. Keep an eye out as well for articles uh, on my website. If you're not know, familiar with my website or anything, uh, at Grand Padres is my Twitter. My website link will be in the description itself. You can check it out. I make a bunch of little bit of blogs. Um, getting more and more with that as well. Of course, work has uh, interfered with that just a little bit too. But I do want to write an article on some possible managers that can replace Jace Tangler and just overall what went wrong, maybe some free agent um, predictions or what the Padres should do in free agency. And as an example, I might write about this. I think that the team should not re-sign Tommy Pham and let him walk get it because he walks a lot and free agency and try and get a bigger uh, batter outfield for sure. Um, so that could be one you're looking out for Bruce Bochy, Bocci, however you say, it. I'll call it Bochy uh, could be a manager that comes out of retirement. Maybe what could the Padres do if they talk to him? That's also going to be in this episode as well. So keep an eye out for the articles. Of course, new episodes. Now that the season is over, will be coming on a random basis. Of course, if anything big happens with a signing, a trade, a manager move, uh, anything like that with this team, it's all going to be done here. So it sucks to say that new episodes won't be happening after every series now that the offseason has come and postseason is underway right now without our team in it. But of course, new episodes still will be uh, going out there for you guys uh, thank you for all the support. So now this episode is going to be all around the San Diego Padres in 2021. What went right? What went wrong? Completely downhill for the most part in this San Diego Padres team. A lot went wrong. Now, 
I want to start off with what went right at least. I mean, you got to start off with some good news for now. Now, I'll give credit here to where I think Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. were two of the biggest things that went right. You could argue Jake Cronenworth. I, I totally agree. Uh, but the fact that this team just was very inconsistent, injury-prone as well, the fact that Manny and Tatis did what they did, we know Manny can play so many ball games, and the fact that Tatis put up Bryce Harper numbers in way less amount of games uh, was pretty impressive to me, not going to lie. So Manny Machado, I believe this was the second time in his career that he has had 100-plus RBIs. In fact, um, I believe I am correct on that one. And going into it, because when I go to the uh, Major League Baseball app, I'm going to have to go through a couple of steps on that. And yes, it's the second time. 2018 it was a stint, of course, with Baltimore and a mix of LAD included. Uh, he had 107. This season was 106. So kudos to Manny Machado for just being that kind of guy was off to a slow start, but that's how he usually goes. Uh, and then he heated up and never looked back and 153 games played. Manny Machado had 157 hits, 276 total bases, 31 doubles, 28 homers, 106 RBIs. As we mentioned, uh, 63 walks to 102 strikeouts, a 278, 347 and 489 slash line with an OPS of 836. So Manny, much credit to him. And of course, we can't forget about the defense for his sake. Uh, it was just spectacular. Now, for Fernando Tatis Jr., he was incredible. I still think that this guy is honestly the MVP. I'm not trying to be biased. I'm really not. Not just because his jersey is staring at me and it's on my back right now. But for the fact that Tatis just put up these numbers. You could tell how much of a big contributor he was to this team. You could tell that this Padres team needed him. That sparked that energy and everything uh, like that um, in order to try and win. And of course, uh, in 130 games played, it was just sadly not enough because it's the team effort. But Fernando did everything he could. Tatis finished off with 135 hits, 99 runs, 31 doubles, 42 home runs. Putting a Padres record on that one, uh, really in good uh, territory. 62 walks, 153 strikeouts, 282 average with a 364 on base and a 611 slugging. This kid just keeps getting better just when we think he uh, is reaching his peak. That's his highest career slugging, 590 coming in 2019 and 571 in 2020 and 975 OPS, the best of his career so far. The kid's insane, man. The kid's insane. He knows to get those extra bases uh, in every which way. So those two guys, I think, to start off this show uh, will be definitely the good news to talk about. Um, and just the bright spots to what went, you know, right. You know, what was fun to watch and everything like that. I also think you could include Adam Frazier. He heated up towards the end. I think that trade was just great and excellent for this Padres team going forward. Uh, and otherwise not, not much, not much with a 79 and 83, uh, winning team that was expected to compete with the LA Dodgers in the NL West. So now I want to break everything down and this season post all-star game was a tale of two halves. Uh, it was very frustrating for us and 
I mean, we kind of are used to it because we know the San Diego curse, everything like that. Uh, this Padres team, when it comes to the second half over the past years, it's just they don't know what's coming. It's unbelievable. In the second half, they, it's just you don't want an all-star break because you don't want a second half to approach for this team. Um, it's just unreal, man. It, it led to the fact that Jace Tingler, former manager, has gotten let go, has gotten fired by the Padres and A.J. Preller, which I was actually a little bit nervous. I thought A.J. Preller, due to the fact that they were all buddy-buddy with him, the fact that they were going to keep him. I was not a fan of him since the start, but I gave him a chance. Look what he did. Um, but, of course, the whole Grand Slam and Texas, but at least I made history, uh, that was not a good thing on Tingler's side, not backing up his players like he should have. Uh, and then this season, this a whole entire collapse. They're, what, 60? The Padres were 68 and 49. This is off the top of my head. I apologize if I'm a little off on that. But in the end, they just won 11 more games. I think they went 11 and 33 uh, in, in that kind of a 44-game period. So they just – the fact that they're going 68 games into late into the season and just to win 79 is absolutely pathetic. It's embarrassing. So that's what one thing, a tale of two halves. And the first half before the All-Star break, the Padres were 53-40. and 40. They were looking pretty good, a 570 winning percentage. And then the second half turned out to be absolutely awful, 26-43. and 43. That's a 377 win percentage. Not good at all. Uh, very frustrating. Now, the Padres also did not have a winning month since June. June was their last winning month, 15 and 12. May, they went 19 and 9. April, they went 15 and 12. Next thing you know, July, 12 and 14. It just gets worse from there. August, 11 and 15. September, a brutal 6 and 19. That's a 240 winning percentage. Uh, and October, just a three-game stint, one and two. So you can count that if you want. I personally will because why not? You're still playing in that month. Uh, but couldn't get it done. Very embarrassing. Very uh, pathetic. Just those are the two best words I could put with this team right now. In one-run games, the Padres were 21 and 26. That's a lot of one-run games. The offense did not get it going this year like they did last. Uh, very disappointing. The offense last year, every time even Eric Hosmer stepped up to the plate, I would shiver in my boots if I was the uh, opposing pitcher thinking that, oh my goodness, this offense is deadly. This year, it just didn't look like that at all. They would get in a little bit of a rally and they would leave runners stranded all on base or something like that. It just wasn't good. Um, you know, you got to get those runners across. It's not going to happen all the time. It's baseball. I understand that. But the offense was pathetic. And keep in mind, the pitching was doing fine under Larry Rothschild. And they could only carry so much. They were being used a lot. Jace Tingler reminds me of Aaron Boone where, oh my goodness, he has to go do this textbook type uh, play where no matter the situation, he has to put in this picture at this moment, this picture at that moment. It's like plugging it in no matter what. It doesn't make sense, but he's still going to do it. And the fact that the starters couldn't sometimes hold their own, the bullpen got injured, Drew Pomerantz, Keone Kella, Dan Aldavila, and it didn't work out. The bullpen basically lost it after being used so much. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Uh, but the bullpen is, is strong. I think Daniel Hudson will be much better next year. 
once he's finally a full season under uh, with the Padres. It didn't look so sharp, but I did like that move as well for the Padres uh, a lot. When it comes down to it, this team at first, the pitch was carrying, and then the pitching was not carrying. The offense was not producing. So all season long, I feel like the offense just wasn't it. Besides Manny, besides Tatis, you can argue Jake Cronenworth. You can. The Crone Zone, 21 home runs. Uh, But besides that, I really think it was just all around pathetic. Will Myers looks like he got a little skinnier, and credit to him, but he lost his pop, it seems like. He only had 17 home runs and 442 ABs. Really wasn't productive at all. I do think the Padres, I know that contract is insane, but I do think they're going to have to try and move on from him in a trade value asset somehow in some way. The outfield is just not it, man. Trent Grisham, I think he's a hard-nosed player, of course, a gold glover, but I don't think he's the answer in center field if he's producing a 240-something average. Um, I don't think he's the guy all the time. I don't think he's going to be an everyday center fielder. Reminds me of Aaron Hicks where he'll go through these hot stretches and then get cold. He'll get injured, and you know it's going to happen, but is he the guy you want in center field for a contending team? Left field, Tommy Pham, let him walk out of San Diego. Please, I give him another year, and in a short season, you counter or not, he didn't produce as much. This season, he didn't produce as well. You got to move on. Don't sign him to a cheap deal. I'm sorry. You got to move on. He had one big year with Tampa Bay. He could do his part. He's also a hard-nosed player, but this outfield needs work. You got to go out there, try and sign like a Castellanos or someone that can give you that good OPS, that slugging, that power, because this thinking dunk kind of outfield is not working, AJ Preller. It is not, man. The outfield's pathetic. The infield, it'll do fine. Uh, whatever happens to Hosmer, we, we will know, and a parade will happen if something does happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. This team has a lot of work to do. But 79-83 was just not cutting it. And another thing I want to talk about is the way Jace Tingler approached certain opponents and everything like that. And I apologize if I'm bouncing around a little. This is how I rant sometimes. Uh, It's the Italian in me. So when it came to Jace Tingler going against certain opponents, it really just baffled me. You know, but the team battled, right? The team battled. But um, against the Diamondbacks, who were mediocre this year, the Padres were 11 and 8. Now, you're not going to win to go out there and go 19 and 0. It's baseball. But you can't tell me this team can't go 15 and 4. Uh, come on. The Chicago Cubs, who blew it up kind of late towards the uh, most of the games, I think, were played before the trade deadline against Chicago. They were one and five against the Cubs. Against the Dodgers, they were doing really well. They finished off seven and 12 with just 68 runs scored, 88 against them. So that didn't turn out well. Against the Brewers, two and five. Brewers are a very good pitching team. It just, against the Giants, eight and 11. Now, you know, the Needles are really helping out the Giants, but at the same time, who expected that? You got to. If I was Jace Tingler, I would have went into this clubhouse and I would have been saying, the minute I start seeing a Padres team not pan out well against a Cubs team, right? 
I would have went in that clubhouse and said, play this team like you were committed to playing to the L.A. Dodgers. You know how that was earlier in the season, right? Let's go back. Let's let's take a time machine back to Chicago. Just imagine this Padres team playing like they did against the L.A. Dodgers in the beginning of the season. Hard, tough, spectacular plays, clutch hitting. If they played like that against some of these teams that did not pan out to be so good, this team would have been fine. This team would have been fine. And I say that because I really do think it's true, man. It's just, it, it, it wasn't working. Nothing was working for this team late into the season. You could tell their passion, their commitment was just all out of funk. It was lost. They had fun in the beginning of the season. The swag chain, that was cool. Every team does its little kind of thing. They were dancing in the dugout, Gangnam style. I don't know, you name it. And next thing you know, chaos happens. I mean, it's just unreal. And now I do want to go into the runs generated for San Diego over the 162 games, how many runs were scored, what their record was, and, of course, their offense did struggle. And I actually think I want to compare that to 2020 if I get the chance. So it's interesting. It really is. The Padres scored three runs the most times this year. They scored three runs in 25 games. They are 12 and 13 in that situation. I think that is disappointing. Now, three runs isn't everything. It's not a uh, comfortable cushion at all. But 12 and 13 with a team that had such a good pitching and bullpen. Now, we, we know the injuries, but still, come on. This team had depth. That's disappointing. Two runs for the Padres were scored in 21 games total this season, 6-15. and 15. Four runs were scored in 18 games, 6-12. and 12. That's not good. One run in 17 games, the Padres were 0-17. They couldn't even get a win in a shutout. It's just, it's not pretty. Five runs, 16 games, 9-7. and seven. Seven runs, 15 games, 12 and three. And then, of course, with zero runs, you're going to be 0 and 12 in 12 games. That was panned out to be. Uh, so the Padres, man, there's more of that came from, but that's really just uh, everything right there on that one. Pretty pathetic, if you could say so myself. And it, it, it's frustrating. The offense didn't show like they did last year. They did not. So. When it comes down to it, the offense just looked pathetic. I Is it easily? Probably. I just, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. The fact that it's, 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 it's pathetic. Um, this, this team didn't look like they had the passion like they did in the beginning of the season. Um, and it's sad, you know, we were so excited and everything like that. So um, it's just not fun. And now I'm going to actually pull up 2020 as of now in this kind of a situation. The Padres in 14 games, understanding it's a 60-game season, scored six runs. That was the most uh, of the outcome. Ten and four in that record. 
five runs in eight games, seven and one, right? Such higher numbers already. And that's a 17 and five record combined. That is the numbers I want to see. Not this three runs and you're going this kind of record, 12 and 13. That's not good. That is pathetic. That is embarrassing. And I just think that Jace Tingler had something to do with it too. Now, Damian Easley gets all the blame in the world for making this offense look like it did for how many years? But Jace Tingler, like I said before, it can be Drew, Emilio Pagan has an ERA of 13 plus, and he's given up this many runs in September. It's the eighth inning. He's going to somehow be the setup man with the bases loaded because Jace Tingler says, oh, that's, uh, that's usually my guy that I put in there. It's not, you got to go with your gut if you're a manager, man. You can't be putting in a struggling pitcher that's not having it. He's putting too much over the plate. That's not the answer, man. Jace Tingler did not have it. And I was sick of it. I gave him a chance, but he had no managerial experience to where I just said, yeah, that's the guy right there. No way. And I'm going to say this right now. I do not want Ron Washington. I mean, do we remember 2009, the cocaine incident? He's a veteran-type guy. Do we all make mistakes? Yeah, we do. I'm all for that. But come on, cocaine? Dude, no, I don't want Ron Washington, even though Manny Machado uh, liked the post on Instagram about that. I'm sorry, Manny. You're the captain in my heart, but that's not that's not the one. The Texas Rangers had a really good team. I just don't think Ron Washington is the guy for what he did with the Rangers. In fact, I think Bruce Bochy is the guy. Throwing it back, man. Woo! Bochy is retired as of right now, but with the Padres in 12 seasons, 12 seasons, he's had five winning seasons, four NL West titles, and one pennant in the NL. Bochy, Bochy, however you pronounce it, I pronounce it Bochy, is the Currently, the uh, most winningest manager in Padres history. I'll take that. And you know what? He's a well-respected veteran. Look what he did. He's a three-time World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants. Mad respect to that. He's only 66. Thought he was a little older, to be honest with you. Uh, he can come out of retirement, I think. He spent a good year or so now with his family. Good, Really good to see. Four-time pennant winner, manager of the year winner. There's not that many options out there. I want experience with this team. Now, Boshi, at the end, the postseason does scare me with the San Diego Padres. He was 8-16, but of course, that was a long time ago. 95-2006, to much different. With the Giants, 36-17, and look at the teams that they had. Think about it. San Diego now has some superstar power. They got a, a team really going at it. And you just need a well-respected veteran. I mean, come on, who hates Bruce Bochy? He's a well-liked man. He's a three-time World Series champ. I mean, come on now. He won an LNL pennant for this team in 1998, as when the Padres went 98 and 64. This team had 90 wins in two seasons. There were 80 wins and a couple as well, and some dark days, but that's the Padres' history for you. That's gonna happen. But Bruce is the guy. I want to see him in a playoff experience kind of level with this kind of a team and see where it goes. Because I think this team, hands down, is talented. 
And Boji is a well-liked, very smart, trusts his gut type manager. I like him, man. He's always been he's always been well liked. He's never been in really any trouble. He's just that kind of veteran that you listen to and you understand. He's a little bit old school too. He doesn't go by the textbook. He kind of goes with his own just mind, his own knowledge. And I respect that. He's not going to go, well, if Emilio Gagan pitched just two-thirds of an inning, I'm going to put him in uh, tomorrow for one-third in the eighth inning, no matter the situation. He's not going to pull a Jace Tingler or Aaron Boone. Bruce Bochy is going to go there and say, huh, bases are loaded. Let's say Cody Bellinger's up. I know he stinks as of now uh, the past two years, but let's say it's Cody Bellinger. Uh, He's worse against lefties, for example. I'm going to put in Tim Hill over... Uh, Emilio Pagan, just because this and that. Boji's a guy. I'm telling you right now. I, I really think that th- this would be really good to have him back at San Diego. I understand he retired, but listen, man, you're living back in San Diego. Come on, man. 12 years with the Padres, 951 wins, 975 losses, a 494 win loss record, and 1926 games. I, I really think, I, I mean, come on now. He won a pennant with the Padres. That's, that's, that's not easy to do with the history of this team. As for Ron Washington, listen, I'm not a big fan of him. He's had seven years as a manager. And like I said, his history, just I'm not all for it. The Texas Rangers also, he's like a John Gruden to me in football. They really just had an established team to where I think Ron Washington got lucky. Um, so there's that. That's uh, also in my uh, opinion. So I think that's that, you know, who else are the Padres going to look after? If it's Aaron Boone, I will seriously just jump out uh, a glass window and not regret it. Cause because, Oh my goodness. If it's Aaron Boone, the most textbook manager there is that would suck. I mean, he is just like Jace. He is worse than Jace. When it comes to, I'm going to put him in no matter the situation. So please, please don't. I believe Boone, he's from Villa Park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say um, he's around that area, but you know, I, I, I think Bochy's a guy. There's not going to be that many options. There's already articles going out that the Padres are rumored to be trying to call Bochy out of retirement. Maybe it can happen. Maybe he's the secret weapon, but AJ Prayler. Preller. AJ Preller is not to uh, escape this. You know, he's got to be blamed. The outfield needs work. Bochy's got to come in, get some stuff going. And if I'm him, I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell his team, hey, look at what you did earlier in the season when it comes to stolen, stealing bases. Look what you did sometimes with squeeze bunting, getting runners in what, what, what we like to call San Diego, scoring position. You know, the Padres, I don't think, knew what that was for the second half. Um, and, yeah, I think Bochy would be that kind of guy to bring in those kind of uh, tendencies, that old-school fundamentals, steal the bases again. Look how aggressive the Padres were. They one time st- stole six bases against the L.A. Dodgers, and it will work out. Anything else, especially if it's an inexperienced, yet again, manager, I will be livid. But I got to give Preller so far some credit for getting rid of 
the former Texas Ranger best buddy, Jay Stingler. Just don't bring in any more Texas Rangers, please. Seriously, I'm begging you. Um, But that's all I have for you guys. Now, like I said, please uh, keep an eye on. I'll post it on Twitter as well for you all. Keep an eye on the uh, articles that are going to be coming out soon on what the Padres could do. Granted it all here, but of course, having it written out too could be uh, interesting to read. Maybe the Padres make a move soon. Maybe I uh, called it like I called the Larry Rothschild departure. Who knows? But I just want to thank you guys with uh, everything. You know, I, this was really fun. I started this podcast in the beginning of the season after taking a podcasting class in college. Um, and I was committed to it, man. This is my passion. This is my dream. Um, I want to get bigger and better with this. And I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and I can't wait to just provide you guys more content. For what's been a disappointing season, it's been great to see the results on this podcast so far. You guys are absolutely amazing. Spread the word to any of your San Diego Padre fans or locals, anything like that. Um, And I'll see you guys soon. Like I said, keep an eye out. But let's hope for something big soon, San Diego. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grand Slamming Padres. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Grand Padres to read the latest blogs and get the latest episodes. New episodes come out after every series.